Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. It's part two of my conversation with Kristen Lambert. We continue our discussion of cold reading, compassion with your audience, and a lot more. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from D. Christopher. Before all of that, we start things off with one of our quickfire segments, where your favorite magicians tell me the literature they would love to be lost at sea with. This week, the owner of one of the most impressive literature collections in magic, Mark D'Souza, joins me for Desert Island Magic Books. Mark D'Souza, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, but it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What is your desert island magic book? Uh, I was really torn on this one because I know the rules. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to break the rules, but I, I, I at least have to mention the one I didn't choose. Okay. The one I didn't choose is the book that I recommend and insist on every student of mine reading and working through every routine cover to cover is stars of magic it's a, i consider it one of the best books ever written on the subject of magic. it's so good and i have i have a, i have a, the blue hardback edition uh i the, hope it's the 1961 tannin edition it is the 1961 tan edition and it is signed by the amazing jonathan don't Ooh. do any of this stuff amazing <laughs> jay uh how typical how typical <laughs> and i and i didn't pick that because i know Many other people have picked it, but I will tell you my opinion on it, which is if a magic student were to learn every routine in that book, that would be a sufficient repertoire to work professionally for the rest of your life. I think that's a great sentiment and a clever way of getting around my rule. Now tell me the book that you are taking. (laughs) The book I'm taking, I, I purchased when I was 12 years old at a local bookstore. Uh, it was published the year before I was born. Uh, it is Classic Secrets of Magic by Bruce Elliott. Um, I have a paperback edition. I have my original paperback edition. Um, and I recommend this book because, again, this is a book where I work through every routine mm. in this book. I learned everything in this book with one exception, and that was the smoking corn cob pipes. Uh, that was the only trick I didn't tackle because my mom did not want me having hydrochloric acid in the house. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine why. Um, but it, it's it's an, a great compendium of magic that, although it is of an era, I think is timeless. Uh, and Bruce Elliott, such a great writer. Elliott was the uh, the editor of the phoenix magazine for so many years he was a a member of the witch doctors in fact i think he created the witch doctors which is an underground new york society which had the finest magicians of the uh, 50s and 60s in it um but in this book he covers everything virtually every aspect of magic small magic we're not talking illusions here Mm -hmm. and we're really not talking apparatus magic but uh, he begins with a, a chapter on card magic, which includes a wonderful cards through handkerchief routine. Um, as I said, the corn cobs. I didn't learn the corn cobs because of that hydrochloric acid thing. But uh, the rice bowls yeah. gives a wonderful handling of the rice bowls and, and teaches you really how to make your own set of rice bowls in there. Uh, from there, uh, in that same chapter, he has the production of a wine glass uh, often associated with Jarding Ellis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he goes on uh, after that in later chapters to use that same wine glass production as a beginning from Mice's Dream Routine by uh, Wally Dean. He has a whole chapter on 
the paddle, including the classic uh, routine with the slips of paper on the butter knife. He goes through the paddle move with a business card, which is the Carlisle uh, turnover move, which I use in my uh, Alice in Wonderland routine. Um, And he has the uh, sax dice routine in here. In full, that you'll learn right from this book. Phenomenal routine used by pros all over the world. I still do sax dice routine. It's it's such a good routine. I, so, uh, I God, is this, I'm sorry. Is this book still in print? Is it been oh, picked absolutely. up? Absolutely. You'll find you'll find copies, um, often uh, hardback copies, later editions. This mm-hmm. particular edition I have, uh, it's copyrighted fifty three, but this particular edition was sixty two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I got it soon after uh, it, after it was written. There's a whole chapter of four aces, as I said, the miser's dream. The egg bag. And there's moves in this egg bag routine I haven't seen elsewhere. Wow. It's great. It's an absolutely great routine. And lots of cool little things that are different. Um, he has a chapter on, he calls it two covers and four objects, mm-hmm. which we often refer to by a politically incorrect name, but mm-hmm. uh, more correctly, maybe we want to call it the migrating objects. Yes. Um, coins. Uh, he has the uh, the uh, cards through the newspaper as part of this. He has a whole chapter on billiard balls with some great moves in it, great sequences. The razor blades he teaches in here ambitious card a whole chapter on cups and balls with some stuff in here you haven't seen i mean there's some very very different stuff in here uh and uh there's there's a whole routine uh, with coffee cups in here instead of you know regular cups it's it's just really really cool stuff um and that's what closes out the book and then he gives you a whole bunch of you know advice and and, and information on other tricks you might consider but Boy, in this small book, uh, again, you can make a living out of out of everything in this book. And between the ages of twelve and fifteen, I learned every routine in here, with the exception of the corn cob. I can't believe that the book is that small and contains that much material. It, it really is astounding the amount of material and the breadth of material that's in here. If, if anybody were considering doing close-up mm-hmm. uh, parlor magic. Uh, even small stage shows. This this is chock full of stuff that you'll you'll actually use. Is it aim- very little of it requires special uh, special apparatus? Is it aimed at newer magicians or more like uh, you've been in magic for a little bit and you need and you're just looking for a wide breadth of material? This is a book that was written for the public, oh, so wow. I would say it is directed at beginning magic mm-hmm. magicians. But I will tell you. Beginning magic is going to have some real challenges here. Mm-hmm. Any beginner is going to have challenges here. And this is a book that I, I think takes you well through intermediate and even advanced students are going to look in this book and find things they're not going to believe. Sounds like a sounds like a fantastic book. Thanks for introducing it to us. I know my, my library is sorely lacking without this one. I'll have to pick up a copy. Absolutely. Thanks so much to Mark D'Souza for being on the show. Hey, if you're in the Philadelphia area, October 17th, I'll be lecturing with Mark D'Souza. Looking forward to spending time in his incredible theater. On to the main event. For new listeners, Kristen Lambert is an icon in magic. At a young age, she was featured as a solo act in Chris Angel's touring show. She was a breakout star from the Magic Castle Junior program and has since reinvented herself as a popular mentalist, touring all over the country giving spellbinding performances. This week, we got into her work in cold reading, compassion, and a lot more. And now you get to join our conversation. You and I were talking off pod about this, and I think this is something that's very important to bring up, is the, the, 
the Q&A is people are asking you these serious questions. And I think your experience with Q&A is, is different than other people's mm-hmm. because of this tender approach mm-hmm. that you can deal with. I've always had a love-hate relationship with Q&A because it's, I understand why so many mentalists end up in the Q&A sure. because it is, it is, it is the pure, it's, it's the, it's the sympathetic deck of mentalism. It's the card yeah. number. It's that like, it's that perfect <laughs> effect we all want. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's so easy to do it badly. And I don't mean perform it badly, but mishandle your spectator so that they come away with an altered experience. Like it, you, you can, you can fuck someone up really bad if you, if you don't handle the Q and a, right. Well, there's that. Yeah. You can fuck someone up. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. If you are not careful, yeah, 100%. Yeah. In the same way that if you're giving a reading to someone mm-hmm. and you're not careful. Yeah. You know, uh, th- so there's that. Yeah. But there's also like, you know, a lot of these guys, they'll just kind of do a Q&Q where mm-hmm. they're just, what's magical is that they're getting the question that the person asked, but they're not really answering it. Mm-hmm. Or they have this, like, again, this very aggressive approach of like, you need to do, or this is, a, this is, and it's like, they're, they're asking, the, the, they're, yeah. they're bearing their soul to you. Yeah. And you need to treat that with reverence to go yeah. to use that word again. Yeah. You know, this is a, this is a really intimate connection that you're forming with this person mm-hmm. and what's impressive about the q a is not you ego powerful mentalist getting everything right mm-hmm. it's that you are tenderly connecting with this person and they have a visceral reaction because what you're addressing means something to them seriously mm-hmm. and then everyone's like holy shit yeah, what's what's actually magical is the relationship you're able to form. Correct. With someone. Correct. It's, As opposed to just like, yeah, yeah. leave Joey. Ha ha ha. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's not helpful. I mean, even it doesn't I feel like it doesn't matter what effect you're doing and what genre of magic you're in. Whether it's a coin trick or a comedy piece, fundamentally magic is an interactive art form Mm -hmm. and what you the best effects and the best performers are ones that forge a connection with that person and and maybe emotional maybe it's making them laugh maybe it's making them feel that moment of astonishment anything they're feeling something and anything and and this is i i think we're getting to magic is entering a really interesting phase right now where people are starting to understand that more yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think it's kind of like a maybe hope hopefully it's a reaction yeah. to the lack of connection you get with TikTok or yeah. Instagram or whatever. So yeah. that's maybe that's what it is. But um uh, I just um I just find that it's that it's so important to just take care of people. Yeah. And oh, you know, another thing with mentalism that I mm-hmm. think throws off some people again who kind of want to be the all-powerful ego. Mm-hmm like you know mm. chest thumping mentalist yeah, yeah. um with and in and even chris cox was talking about this in his lecture today mm. a lot of mentalism people are just like oh huh mm. hmm? what yeah oh and it's not like this kind of like wow the base of speed yeah Ugh, big applause cue yeah no that's not to say it's not possible because depending on the way you structure your moments or the props if you have you know chris cox has big mm-hmm. props and it's very clear that magic is happening mm-hmm. um but uh but i think you know a lot of magicians are very uncomfortable with that silence yeah and for me coming from a seance background 
I have no problem. They can just sit there in silence all day. I know you're all going to be here 90 minutes after the show asking me additional questions, yes. wanting to book a reading, mm-hmm. asking, you know, if if they can whatever. You know, it's, so yeah, sit there, sit there silently and mold this over. I'm fine with that. I don't need that like constant validation. And when you, when there are moments where you feel you need it or something, you, you just want mm-hmm. it to be really cemented, then you've got to like build that in so the audience knows, okay, now we applaud, but it's really just conditioning them. That's something Armando Lucero talks about yeah. a lot is conditioning your audience. Mm-hmm. They don't know when to applaud. That yeah. most people are very unfamiliar with magic and what is happening and when is appropriate. And um, it's, you know, one of the things that I, I think that we, we focus on a lot around the office of Penguin is we keep it very much in mind that when somebody is seeing a magic trick, it's usually the first experience they've ever had with a magician. Mm. And so, and it's the same with a mentalist because it's just, it's, you know, for us, this is our everyday thing. But when, but for normal people, quote unquote, yeah, it is often the first, last, and only time they will ever have an experience with a magician. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. having these very careful thoughts about the interaction, especially when you're messing, messing with something as powerful, and and as as mentalism, I think is is such an important of course conversation. It, but the the other component of this is that it has to come from a strong sense of self and a strong sense of character. Yes. Because me being nurturing and tender, wearing my my pink and gold mm-hmm. kaftan, holding a crystal ball with my curly hair, like that's, I've got my own, <laughs> my own vibe going on. Yes. And I'm going to approach it from a maternal place mm-hmm. that some of these other guys just can't do. Yeah. So you've got to find what's right for you. And quite mm-hmm. frankly... Darren Brown or Luke Dremay, whoever whoever mm-hmm. you look to, like maybe that's not where you should. Like maybe you need to kind of find your own energy. Yes. And I think that that's another thing that's really missing is like everyone just thinks that it has to be this like you know the one eye like a max one eyebrow yeah. up and the dark and the black and the this and the that. Yeah. Um, Paul Harris was just remarking today. He's like, oh, I love that you're not wearing black anymore. Yeah. I love that you are embracing this kind of ethereal vibe Mm -hmm. and i was like oh thank you for picking up on that and it's so funny because after my shows time and time again the main word that comes up is like angelic angel and i I know that sounds like very i'm not trying to toot my own horn here but i'm just saying you know uh objectively that's what happens yeah um that's the word from men and women alike Mm -hmm. all ages that's the word that comes up Mm And so I think it's like, what's the word that's going to come up for you? Yeah. You know, and, and what what do you have to contribute? Armando mm-hmm. always talks about adding to humanity. Yeah. You know, his whole goal, yeah, some of the stuff he talks about is lofty, but he mm-hmm. wants to add to humanity. Yeah. So how is your performance adding to humanity, or are you just wasting our time and kind of distracting us from our nihilism? <laughs> you know, like what... <laughs> yeah. What what are what's your goal here? And if that is your goal, you just want TikTok videos mm-hmm. and you want the views and the whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not here to argue with that. I'm just saying, if you're really going to connect with people and you really want to add to humanity and have an impact, like commit to your choices, make mm-hmm. choices, commit to your choices, mm-hmm. and um, and really study people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like I studied cold reading from Ian Rowland mm-hmm. uh, extensively. And I am very observant and um, 
uh, you know, Enrique Enriquez talks about like, you can do a reading from a tree. You can do a reading from a rock. You can do a reading from that mirror. Yeah. You know, you should be able to do, and, and Ian talked about that too mm. early on with I me. Mean, he's like, you should be able to give a palm reading. Mm. You should be able to give an astrology reading. You should be mm. able to give any kind of reading you want. You can read someone's hair. Like it doesn't yeah. matter because it's just about being able to talk and 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 say something even if it's a barnum statement you have mm -hmm. to be able to think how can i make this slightly more specific for this person based off of the few things i know about them mm -hmm. so that it's not like oh i learned this script that i got with this tarot trick that i bought and mm -hmm. it's going to apply to everyone so i yeah. don't have to worry about anything no like that's not how cold reading works and quite frankly like in in the dance which has its second edition out now <laughs> Thank you for uh, uh, filling the, the, the advertising quota for yes. the podcast. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by The Razor Wallet from D. Christopher. Nick LaCapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this practically perfect peak wallet. Nick. Yeah. The internet wants to know. Mm-hmm. What wallet is your favorite wallet? Right now? Right now. <laughs> right now. Well, man, there's, look, we all live in this world of magic wallets and yeah. we all love the next latest and greatest wallet and all that. And to keep your eyes out for the next one. And look, the Razor wallet for me, when it comes to like doing everyday peak mind reading stuff, man, mm -hmm. you just can't, you just can't be beat. No. Uh, the Razor wallet is a thin, slim, front pocket wallet that holds a couple cards got some space for some other just a couple other things but allows you to do a really devastating peek you know right under your spectator's nose uh but it's all hidden within this really sleek slim uh, front pocket wallet this was designed by d christopher and it comes in a variety of colors and finishes oh, that's right. because yeah, it, it does you've got it in vegan leather in black blue, red, and yellow. And then there's a genuine leather version, uh, which is the one that I've carried for quite some time. And it's a really nice little wallet that is very practical and has this awesome peak secret. And there's some people that have done some neat stuff with it. You know, I have an ID switch. Uh, and if you get that, if you get the Razor wallet, my ID switch routine comes with it, which is a routine where you actually borrow the driver's license of, of your spectator and then it switches places with yours and their their ID ends up inside of your Razor wallet. So it's well-sized for a playing card. So you can even do peaks with playing cards, not just business cards and billets. Yeah. Uh, and it comes yeah, with, and I guess like what, like what is a, what is a peak wallet too in general? Like it's just, yeah. somebody can write something down on a business card or a playing card. Like you're talking about, and without looking at it face down, you place it inside this wallet and you can secretly know what they wrote down, even though it's face down on the table or in this case, like face up on the table, but yeah. with like, see, there, there's some cool secrets. I would, I would recommend checking out the full video on, on penguin because this little wallet is loaded up with a bunch of like layers of deception that make the peak really incredible. And you know, if it's, they're durable wallets too. Like that's the other thing oh, is that yeah. like you can, I know a lot of people use this as their daily driver and it's, it's a practical wallet with some fantastic secrets. Yeah, it's awesome. It looks like a wallet you already are familiar with. Um, it's small, it's thin. You'll end up using it more as a wallet than even just doing the peak. Although you should do the peak. Yeah, Razor Wallet by D. Christopher. Check it out. 
That was The Razor Wallet by D. Christopher. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the featured product of the week that's featured on penguinmagic.com when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is PEAK. That's PEAK. P-E-E-K for 25% off The Razor Wallet by D. Christopher. That code is only good for The Razor Wallet and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Kristen Lambert. So that it's not like, oh, I learned this script that I got with this tarot trick that I bought and Mm -hmm. it's going to apply to everyone so I don't have to worry about anything. No. Like, that's not how cold reading works. And quite frankly, like in in The Dance, which has its second edition out now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for uh, uh, filling the the advertising quota for the podcast. (laughs) It's great. I love the new essay. It's so good. Um, But, you know, he says, if um, Brad Henderson says... If you get good enough at cold reading, you're going to trick yourself into thinking that you're psychic. Yeah. And uh, yes, is the answer. You will. That is 100% true. I have had some things in my Q&A and in some other effects that I do where I've had some hits that have been immensely eerie. Yeah. And am I psychic? No, obviously not. I'm very well aware of that. But... I got those eerie hits because I was committed to my intuition. Mm -hmm. I was committed to just, you know, my gut and I went with it. And it's because I observed the person all night long. I I won't, I my every time I do a show, the house lights have to be at minimum 25, 30%, if not brighter. So that you can see. So I can see everyone's eyes and I'm watching everyone. And I have certain, I have my eyes on certain people for what I may want to use them for. Then I see how certain jokes land with those people. Okay. Then here, going to my second choice. Yeah. You know, um, oh, I, I, uh, this girl is asking a question about Jesus. So, uh, they're not going to be my couple for PK because my feminist witchcraft jokes maybe won't land with them. Yeah. In retrospect, they would have, but I didn't know that at that time. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like all about handling humans and choosing the right spectators. That's mm-hmm. where it starts. Yeah. Then handling them correctly once you have them up on stage. And, but back to what I was saying, they're trusting your gut. Yeah. Because we're all more intuitive than we give ourselves credit for. I think as magicians, we mm-hmm. tend to be very much in the skeptic camp. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic witch. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm aware that when I get into the zone, mm-hmm. And I'm really paying attention to people and forging that connection like we talked about. Yeah. I pick up on things that I wouldn't pick up on if I weren't really paying attention. You got to apply that. I mean, I think the truly great performers apply this kind of thing in any, you know, if I'm in the zone with card magic and Mm -hmm. I'm picking up on things and I, you know, I can just like, for some reason, I know this person is going to name a, a specific card that's out of the blue and I can I can have that card ready to go yeah. and then get that apparent miracle. And the only way to get there is to openly pay attention and forge that present, connection. Be, be present. There. Um, we get in our heads, we get in our scripts. Yeah. Like, just do the moves till you're going to vomit. Then yeah. you don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, for me, like, when I get to a venue, like, yeah. Mystique, my yeah. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. All I do is pester them with questions the first time I go. Yeah. Or if I'm meeting a new staff member, yeah. all I do is pepper you with questions. Yeah. Tell me, you know, are there any assholes? That mm-hmm. person seemed to have a, a, a wrinkly face. What was she upset about? Tell yeah. me everything. Yeah. Because then I can just go out there. I know everything. I'm expecting everything. Yes. And I can get in the zone. Yes. I'm not thinking my, my billet switches are good. No. I'm fine. You know, yeah. uh, the sleight of hand is there. 
I can palm a card and know that no one's going to see it, but I really need to know if that couple right there just got married because they might be talking or, or if they got proposed before the show because they might be talking to each other all the way through the show and I need to know not to step on yes. that, right? Yes, Because yes. they're having something and I can play with that. But and then it's part of the show. But tell me everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm so big on that. I ask a thousand questions. Again, yeah. that's why I want house lights. Yeah. I want to see everybody. I want to monitor everything. Yeah. Um. You know, I have the script down. Mm -hmm. I still, I mean, it get fresh, of yeah. course, but I'm also like, I'm watching. I'm going to shift the conversation yeah. a little bit because we're about out of time because oh, sure. this is going to end up being a two-part episode. <laughs> Great. But I want to bring up that you write for Jeannie. Yes, yes. This is this is something, again, in the evolution of Kristen mm -hmm. Lambert. I think, uh, I, love that, I love that you and I have had like such similar lives yes. and backstories and now we're like reinventing ourselves into new things just it's because so we love it. Tell me what you're doing with Jeannie. Absolutely. So for the past, uh, since 2020, mm -hmm. uh, early 2020, um, I've been writing for Genia. I have a column called Stages Studio. Mm -hmm. And I approach the more metaphysical aspects of the theater. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not going to teach you any tricks. Um, in fact, I don't want you to do tricks. Yeah. I, I, I want you to create theater. I want you to create art. Mm -hmm. You are an artist. Yeah. And you just don't maybe know exactly how to harness that. Yeah. Not the saying I have all the answers. I certainly don't. But I I have... You're a, starting the conversation. Exactly. I'm starting the conversation. And from my philosophy degree, I have a, a good approach in terms of how to think about these kinds of things. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I did a lot with the UCLA art department in terms of performance art mm -hmm. and, like, not doing magic, but just, like, straight up, you know, conceptual performance art. And I have a different, I just have a different perspective. And mm -hmm. I think it's really important to elevate these things so it's not just like, for my next trick, we're yeah. gonna, woo, here's the end, two of spades. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want boxes with Chinese characters. Yeah. Now, there are ways to make it work. Everything, I have many caveats in the articles. Yeah. There's a way to make everything work. Yes. I'm not here to hate on anything exclusively, but you understand my gist. Let's, let's all just look at it and go, like, magic has been problematic, right, um, in various ways. Let's all, let's acknowledge it and let's do better. Correct, correct. I mean, I really, really care about magic and mm -hmm. I really care about magicians. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I have no intent of, of, of gatekeeping anyone mm -hmm. at any time for any reason. Yeah. This is, that's the last thing in the world I, my, that's my MO. Yeah. Um, and I, I really want everyone to be the best they can be yes. and, 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 and to be the most fulfilled they can be. Yes. Because quite frankly, a lot of people do card magic because that's what they learned and that's what they think magic is and that's mm -hmm. what they think they should do. Mm -hmm. That's why I did manipulation for a million years. I thought that's magic. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. So yeah. I don't, if you're, if you're not fulfilled by what you're doing, find something else mm -hmm. or take a break you know when i left chris angel's show i took a break yeah it was the best thing for me yeah i came back you know zestier than ever. my favorite thing when i'm in the booth at a convention is when someone walks up and they see a trick and they get really excited about it mm -hmm. because it speaks to them mm -hmm. right so like laced up this trick we have with the shoelaces is fun because it's a great trick, right? And it, it's got a broad appeal. But what I really like is when someone walks up. Today, a burlesque dancer and her tailor came up and said, 
this is really fun, but I, I want to put this on a corset. Yes. And I was like, and so we jammed on it for maybe 10 minutes when I, sh I should have been making money for the company and selling no. more. But what was so much fun was they came up and they were just excited about it. Because yes. it was. It, I have goosebumps. That's amazing. It fulfilled them. Yes. And that was, that to me is, that's the most exciting part of any of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, so that's really what I'm really keen to do mm -hmm. with Jeannie. And it's, it's really, it's really important to me. Yeah. It's really important to me. And it's, it's, um, it's fulfilling to, to write these articles. And since being here at Magic Live, you know, I've mm -hmm. received such wonderful feedback from people who are like, I've kind of thought about this, but mm -hmm. I thought it was just me. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of like, I thought it was just me. Yeah. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, these are, these are concerns that we have to address. I love it. Well, yeah. Kristen, that's going to be it for this time. Okay, cheers. Let's have you back on the show again soon. Let's do it. Thank All you right. so much, Eric. My pleasure. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Thanks again to Kristen for being on the show, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to see Kristen perform live, head on over to MystiqueDining.com and look up tickets. Through the month of October, she does a lot of shows in one of my favorite dinner theaters. Also, local show alert, next week I'll be in Toronto performing at Joker's Comedy Club and lecturing for the IBM ring up there. It's going to be a great time headed back to my old stomping grounds. I'm looking forward to sessioning with Penguin fans in Toronto. Lastly, my buddy Mario the Maker Magician is going to be doing his first off-Broadway run at the Soho Playhouse in New York City from November 4th to December 30th. If you want to go, you can use the promo code ericsentme. That's ericsentme, E-R-I-K-S-E-N-T-M-E, -E -E, all one word, and get $5 off your tickets. Don't sleep on this, because his fringe shows in Edinburgh sold out in minutes. So if you want to go see one of the best kids magicians in the world, get yourself to the Soho Playhouse in New York City website. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been watching the BattleBots Proving Grounds on. If you want to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, engrave it on the spinning weapon of Ripperoni because the Golden Bolt Tournament starts next week, and I'm betting it all on Ripperoni. I'm so excited, BattleBots! But if robot combat isn't your cup of tea, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. -I -I From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.